0: Time is running out. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Welcome to the Geek Confidential Podcast. My name is Luke Kerr. Joining me today, Melody Aikles. Welcome, Mel. Hey, hey. Are you ready to talk about Loki and Tom Hiddleston?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Bring it on. I am ready. Okay. Dan
0: Pierce, welcome. Hey, Luke. And Mo Walker, welcome.
2: Glad to be here, y'all.
0: Well, we're here to discuss Disney Plus's new Marvel TV series, Loki. The pilot premiered... Tom Hiddleston was there in all of his glory, quite literally, at one point. Um, Quick takes, first impression, just your first impression overall. What did you think, Mel?
1: I thought it is a really well-done series, just from the pilot. You can tell they took time on cinematography. They took time to work out the story because there are lots of questions. Of course, I enjoyed Tom Hiddleston coming back as Loki again, um, and you there's there's a lot of different interweaving in the plot especially but um I'm excited to see what comes next
2: mo quick take what'd you think of it I enjoyed it a fair fair amount I thought that this sh- structurally the show did a really good job of just trying to explain first and foremost where loki is and what version of loki that we have and it also does a great job of trying to dip your toe into the notion of alternate realities and alternate timelines. Uh, Yeah, it had a very Doctor Who-ish kind of feel about it, and I really enjoyed it. Dan, the title of the pilot
0: was called Glorious Purpose. What did you think?
3: I loved it. I thought it was super smart and well done. Like Mo was talking about, they had a lot to explain and they really figured out a way to unpack the the world and what version of Loki we were getting and the TVA and all of these elements. And I can't wait for more of Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston just quipping back and forth.
0: So... My quick take on this is this is the first of the three Marvel series on Disney Plus where I actually watched the pilot twice. WandaVision didn't happen. I barely made it through the first three episodes. I'm glad I did. But afterwards, it it, it was episode four and after in which I actually got hooked on WandaVision. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was an okay one, but it just sort of reminded me of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is neither here nor there. It exists, but for me, it did very little. But Loki, everything that I loved about Loki from the films was there. Owen Wilson, who I'm not a huge fan of, just generally speaking, because he does a lot more comedy type films and I don't watch a lot of those, I thought he was perfect in it. He just like slipped into the role perfectly. I was very happy. I'm looking forward to every single one of the episodes that is to come. So let's dive into it. Mo, you've talked about the timelines. Would you like to explain to the listeners,
2: the Bureau, the agency? Well, so, so essentially um, the time variance authority, they're more or less the bureaucratic gatekeepers. Um, if anything, there's real parallels to what you get in the Umbrella Academy with that, with their sort of time bureau takes. With uh, the with the with the TVA though, they have these um, time element, uh, t- excuse element elders who sort of guide and o- oversee things. The goal is is to keep the natural order of time, the one true timeline, as they like to call it in the show. We got one of those great introductory videos, kind of reminiscent of what you would get on ABC Saturday morning uh, back in the 70s and the 80s that kind of would break down and explain a very complicated process in, in very symptomatic terms. But overall, the, the TVA, their, their, their mission is to eliminate time variance, what they consider time variance, um, unnatural um, elements or, or impacts on the timeline. Loki is one of these time variants as of the events of Avengers Endgame in which he's, which the version of Loki from the first Avengers film ended up stealing the Tesseract and jumping into time. Uh, how's, how's that summary, Luke? That's a very good summary. That's a very good summary. So
0: going around the circle... Um, after Loki was captured, he interacted with um, Owen Wilson's Mobius. What did you guys think of Owen Wilson as an addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And what did you think of his dynamic with Loki, Dan?
3: I I absolutely loved it. Owen Wilson has been in some of my favorite films of all time. Zoolander is my favorite movie of all time. So I was super on board with Owen Wilson joining the Marvel Universe because I knew that they're going to write him smart and funny. And Tom Hiddleston already knows how to do banter back and forth. We've seen that with Chris Hemsworth for years now. So this was no surprise that he was such a hit and he's able to sort of ground Loki and all of the magical elements that he like entails as being a God in the reality of a different type of fantastical in the TVA
0: Mel.
1: I definitely agree with Dan. Um, I think Uh, He's a really great addition here. And this is a little bit of a different role for him because he usually plays lots of comedy roles and funny guys. And this one, he's a little more grounded. And I like that they gave him silver gray hair. Um, It makes him a little bit older. So he comes across as, you know, a more of a authoritative figure, which is what is needed here. But I definitely think that he hit it out of the park and he's going to be a really great addition to them to you
2: terms of Owen Wilson I think he is a, a great addition um, if you know anything about the Mobius character from the comics he's inspired or more or less based on a old Marvel comics editor and actually wrote Captain America comics for a long period in, in the 80s through the early 90s um, called Mark Grumwald. and with particularly with the way he just, with the mustache and everything, uh, the way the, the way um, Owen Wilson comes across, his version of movies really is channeling um, Mark Grunewald. So I really think that's a really nice nod, especially if you are f- versed in the comics and so forth.
0: One of the things that we learned um, is that the Time Variance Authority, there is no magic there. So we spent a lot of the episode with... With Mobius and Loki having a conversation about Loki's past, how he had diverged from the main timeline, and why he was being brought back within the timeline. Um, part of that discussion was a tour of the authority, and in which he was like, There's no magic here. And you see this super fur- futuristic like environment outside the window in which there are floating cars and there are other things that are very technologically advanced, but inside the buildings, it's almost like there's some forties or fifties type um, technology. But one of the things that we learned was that magic doesn't work in at the authority base and the infinity stones, apparently there's a whole ton of them. So if you just wanted to control all of, everything you just need to somehow do a heist from the time variant authority and get those stones and then get out of there so that you can basically control the world what did you guys think of the lack of magic what did you guys think about so many stones just being there as like paperweights mel
1: i definitely thought the infinity stones just being in a drawer randomly was definitely a kind of come to jesus journey moment in the series of, oh, wow, these stones, which essentially have been, you know, the be-all and end-all in all of the movies and everything we've seen in the past, are literally just laying around in a drawer. So that lets you know that in this space that we're in, it's going to be different, you know? It's kind of setting the, the tune for the rest of the series for me. It's just like, where we are right now, everything you thought was important is not so. I I enjoyed that.
0: Mo, has there ever been a, a heist of the Time Variant Authority to get more of the Infinity Stones?
2: You know, I'll be honest with you. This is probably one of the one of my sort of uh, weak areas of the of the of the Marvel Comics lore. Okay. Um, so I do know that the Time Variant Authority has played a role in a lot of different. Whether it's Fantastic Four or Thor and even She Hulk. Uh, but in terms of Infinity Stones, I don't recall anything. I'm sure there's a listener out there who's probably shouting uh, that there is a, a Marvel comic series. But what I will say is, with regard to the Infinity Stones, it, it shows a level of scale. It shows that, you know, Infinity Stones are small potatoes compared to what the Time Variance Authority is capable of doing. And I think that that helps establish... The stakes and shows that, you know, Loki thought that he was a a big fish, you know, and a fairly you know, medium, small to medium sized pond. But, you know, he's been taken out of that pond and dropped into an ocean and an ocean of time, that is. And, you know, he's trying to swim to keep up. And if anything, he's just really treading water.
0: Dan. It made me sort of wonder about, okay, if the time variant authority is so powerful and can basically walk into any situation, what was going on when Doctor Strange kept doing the loop of time? It
3: that that is an interesting question. Uh according to them, he like he was always meant to do the loop of time on Dormammu. Uh it just it blows my mind and it's definitely a mind blowing nihilistic moment that we needed from a villain's perspective. And I, when I say that, I mean this, you know, with the infinity stones, we've spent over a decade building up to the big bad who has been hunting down these, or these infinity stones and stuff like that. And, you know, they've been these valued treasures throughout all of these movies, these mythical objects and stuff like that, and they're being used as paperweights. And we have a character who is from circa 2012, who is essentially, like Mel said, it's a come to Jesus moment where he realizes that nothing. Nothing he has been uh, aiming for really matters
0: at this point. And Mo, it also made me wonder about The Collector. Does The Collector know about the time variant authority? I mean, it, it it there's characters that have played pivotal roles who we don't have a lot of knowledge or exposure to from the films, like, say, The Collector, that you're like, hmm, I wonder...
2: Have what are your thoughts? Well, the collector, I mean, should know because he's one of those like Marvel Comics figures. Um, so, but in terms of the whether or not what sort of knowledge base the collector has, uh, as it stands with the growth in the MCU, that's an that is an interesting question. I do think that w- with regard to um, what we we're, we're trying to transition to it's obviously it's obvious that we're going from just worrying about one one reality and one timeline we 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 are definitely so, mo- slowly moving the ship and focusing on alternate realities alternate timelines and so forth i think that you know this is what phase 4 is you know everything whether it's one vision was a clearly one of the big themes Uh, we know that that's going to be a big theme and and Doctor Strange uh, the the forthcoming Doctor Strange films uh, we getting a hint of that with regard to from what we little we know about the third Ant-Man and Wasp film so I, I just think these are all pieces of a bigger puzzle and that you know again we're moving from you know, we've got to up the stakes because, you know, Thanos, the Infinity Stones, you know, we've got to put that in a rear view mirror. I'm sure that Infinity Stones or rocks or whatever, they're probably going to be renamed because in the, in the Marvel Comics universe, there are different versions of the Infinity Stones. Sometimes they're Infinity Stones, they're Infinity Gems or whatnot. Um, I have a feeling that they will come into play at some point. But I think, again, we want to, you know, sort of transition away from just really thinking about one reality, one timeline. So before we get to what the time variant
0: authority could mean for, say, hmm those X-Men that are out there that Disney now owns. Let's talk a little bit about the cliffhanger at the end of the pilot, because that's sort of setting up the rest of the season, at least the way it's been teased. Mel, we found out that Mobius wants Loki to help him hunt a villain who is screwing with the timeline, who also happens to be Loki. What did you think of that twist?
1: Well, with this being a series focused in time and different multiverses and, and timelines, I, I thought that was a really great way to continue um, the theme of the show. I, I know that a lot of people, I've been kind of reading up on this, is that people are suspecting that it's actually she-Loki. Um, that is the one who Loki's going to be in the, ending up uh, battling with over a battle of the timeline. So... Uh I definitely think it's gonna be interesting and we know especially with Loki, you know, he has the ability to be in a different place at a different time and it's really just an illusion. So I think that's definitely gonna come into play later with this other version of Loki if it happens to be actually him or she Loki, but it's it's gonna come into play. So um they they are setting things up very nicely, I will say that.
0: Dan, what'd you
3: think? I it it sorta of reminded me of the season and this is more of just like a warning, where like it reminded me of the season of the Flash, where Barry was fighting Barry, like the the entire season, uh, you know, like just an evil Barry. Um, but I'm I'm hoping that Marvel, with like a little bit more thought behind it than maybe the Flash did that season, uh, can land the plane, um, and put out like. A better outcome with better twists and turns and you know, plot devices and such than uh, the Flash did. Just saying. Uh, I'm I'm really interested to see how how dark they go. Um, just because, I mean, Loki has had a lot of funny moments. You know, he's DB Cooper. He's uh, you know quipping back and forth with Thor but he's also making like a crowd of people in Germany kneel to him. Uh, So that, you know, it can get really dark with Loki. And so it's going to tone is going to be like a major factor in how this is executed. Uh, I'm really interested to
2: see where it goes. Mo. Well, as Mel said, and as Dan mentioned, you know, um, One, I'm going to say that with regard to tone, I think that, you know, comedy, you know, is really good. One of the things I like about comedy is when comedy really works well and it sets, you have these humorous moments, but then you set up some sort of larger tragedy. So I suspect we're going to get some sort of big tragedy and it's going to get dark at some point because that, I think that's the brilliance of of great comedy Uh, with regard to the female Loki. I'm like very certain that female Loki is going to be inspired by the version, the female version of Loki that the writer J. Michael Straczynski introduced during his run on Thor in the mid 2000s. So the, the the female Loki has been running around the comic version of the MC, comic version of Marvel Comics for a while, and, and pops up here, here and there um I will say that again this very much feels like doctor who um in the uh older Doctor who series I'm, I'm thinking like the Tom Baker theories of Doctor who you had uh, similar similar plot lines where there was a quote unquote evil doctor who uh had you know who was com- who was sort of an amalgamation of the doctor sort of uh, darker side. So, so it will be kind of interesting to see w- where we go from here with regard to this. Uh, we might as well say this: this, this, this uh, female Loki.
0: Okay, let's talk about what the the timeline, the variant authority means for the X Men. My first thought watching this was, well, hmm. If, they, if, if all of a sudden it were discovered that the X-Men universe was a variant that had not been brought in line, maybe bringing all those people over wouldn't be that— or bringing them in through the Time Variant Authority wouldn't be that bad of an idea. There's definitely the opportunity to put something like that together. What Do you, do you guys think that this will be how the X-Men are introduced— through the time variant authority, or do you think that it will come in some other form? Mel?
1: I can definitely see being a gateway. I can say that. Because right now, just from the pilot, there are tons of... Um, things that are pointing towards, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So you can kind of see there's going to be more hints there. Um, I personally think that Wanda is the way to do it. If we're going to bring in the X-Men, she already has ties to the X-Men from the comics. So I, I can definitely, I, I can see it happening. But I, I think maybe not yet, maybe a little bit further down the line it's going to happen, but I do think it's probably going to be Wanda. Of a way of them bringing the X Men in,
2: Mo. I'm gonna say actually, I would see this uh, heading closer to actually bringing in the Fantastic Four. That's a good point. That's a good point. And my rationale for that is they have a they have a, this uh, the Loki series has an F Fantastic Four adjacent character in the show. Uh, Judge Ravana who in the comics is um, a lover of Kang the Conqueror who is supposed to be the villain or one of the villains in the uh, Ant-Man and Wasp uh, Mania movie and Kang the Conqueror in the comics is uh A relative of Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. So just you know, I'm I'm you know, just in terms of a white I'm going in terms of a whiteboard and just, you know, string and so forth. I can see a path. Okay.
0: Okay. Dan, what say you? X Men Fantastic Four, someone else who I'm not thinking of at the moment being introduced through the time variant authority?
3: So the only like uh, tie that I, I I might suggest would be kind of interesting is if they, you know, if Kitty Pride made an appearance uh, just because of the whole time and, you know, sending Wolverine back and all of that sort of stuff that happened in Days of Future Past, I, I could see the TVA having some thoughts on, you know, Sending someone back in time in their pre like in their younger selves body and messing with the timeline, that seems like something that shouldn't happen and sort of a violation of their quote unquote like perfect timeline or like the the blessed timeline whatever uh ad, adjective they chose to use. Um I, I just I, I think it might be a bit of a stretch, and I sort of agree that it. I think it might be more uh, in the case where Wanda is sort of used as the gateway, or maybe even Spider Man with how they're sort of. The Spider Verse? Yeah, the well, whole Spider Verse thing.
0: Technically, the Spider Verse is Sony, though, right? Well, this, the
3: Spider Verse, but not the. So when I when I said Spider-Verse, I meant more along the lines of the alternate reality timelines and stuff that were getting hints of about, you know, like Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire and utilizing those realities in order to bring in like the X-Men could have been in the same universe as Tobey Maguire. I mean, that's fine.
0: See, I was thinking about this with the variant authority. This might be how I finally get Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for a cameo, because they could literally capture Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, bring him in, not have a ticket and him get zapped. And then I will get Wolverine in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, albeit briefly via the, the variant authority.
3: See, I feel like I would get mad if that were to happen. I would be
0: mad too, but at least I would get Wolverine officially in canon in the MCU.
3: Yeah, that would be the equivalent of like uh, Evan Peters showing up. Like, and it all ends up being for nothing.
0: Well, as we wrap this up, going around, quick take, thumbs up, thumbs down, five stars, four stars, three stars. What do you say, Dan?
3: Uh so far so good i i gotta say four stars so far um i really liked it uh i think they have a lot of stuff to build on and they don't necessarily have to do a ton of exposition because there was a lot of exposition packed into what we got um but w- which is good because now they can focus on the characters
2: mo what about you um, i'd actually go with a, a 4.5 and and I think it's very well executed so far based on what we've got. But, you know, we've got five more episodes, so who knows how things will turn out. I do want to throw out there, you know, interesting wild card would be, you know, what if the time variance authority is is a way to get in uh, the Ryan Reynolds version of Deadpool? introduced to the oh MCU. can you imagine that
0: would be crazy deadpool doesn't <laughs> use magic so can you well i guess to regenerate but i mean in terms of his abilities so i was like can you imagine deadpool let loose in the time variant authority that would be something to watch mel what'd you think
1: um i definitely give it a strong 4.3 it was a really strong pilot tons of potential uh i'm ready for more
0: Well, I am giving it a I watched the pilot twice out of I never watched the pilots twice because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had to go back and rewatched again just to like because I felt like I was possibly missing something and I wanted to see as much of it as I could on that note we'd encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com follow us on twitter twitter.com slash gkconfidential like us on facebook facebook.com slash gkconfidential we also have a new Geek Confidential group on facebook there's a link to it on geekconfidential.com it can take you right there just request entry and we'll let you in and join us in discussing some of your favorite supernatural sci-fi fantasy superhero topics we thank you for listening until next time so long see you guys bye y'all bye everybody